1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Wake of Corrosion, Season 2, Episode 2, Severance.
2: This is Professor Ryan of Bunker A-12. This is a public broadcast to any survivors out there. Before I begin, please be aware that I advise listener discretion going forward, as some of the content of this broadcast can be unsettling or disturbing. I've reviewed some more of the evidence since our last broadcast, Survivors. I'm not going to say much else before I continue with where we left off. However, I did have to fast forward the recording by about an hour. It it wasn't easy to keep dropping in on Elliot's suffering. I'm going to play one moment of note before I start the main bulk of the audio. It was only a few seconds, but, well, I think you should hear it. instance i found of this sound for the entire time Elliot was there i've never heard anything like it and you of course survivors know what i ask of you in times like this i'll start it back up this is about 15 minutes after the previous section
0: listening this isn't a joke this isn't made up I'm paralysed numb from the neck down and there is this I don't even know bat like creature that has me trapped here it's so dark I can't see the guy who was next to me I think I th- think he's gone eaten I don't know he called the creature the Gorgon It was it was like he wanted to be eaten just please if you're listening to this find somewhere safe lock yourself in Do not go. Just... Do not go anywhere, okay? Just... Just don't. Elliot. Roman? Roman!
3: Roman, Roman, I'm here! Shh, shh. Listen. I I got the torch on the dimmish setting. We're going to have to play a little game so that I can find you.
0: Roman, what... This isn't the time, Roman. I can't move. I know, I know. How, how do you.? How do you
3: know. It, it doesn't matter at the moment. Look, just keep it quiet. But when I call, I want you to respond. I'm working my way toward you. Okay.
2: Elliot. Roman. Elliot. Roman. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot. Roman. Roman. I can okay. see
3: torch. Okay, I, I see you. Jesus, hit Never mind. You're going to have to carry me. I think I'll be dragging you before anything else. <laughs> I'm sorry. Shut up. Listen, if you get any feelings back, let me know. And if you don't, then you can be sorry, okay? <sighs> God damn it. For a skinny man, you're a fucking lump.
0: I can, I can only feel... I can only feel my hands and my feet at the moment Wait Okay. Just just one hand actually. I can't feel the other at all.
3: When was the last time you saw that thing?
0: I'm I'm not sure. Maybe
3: hours? Mate It's only been just over an hour you've been gone.
0: Well okay, there you go then. How hasn't it got you?
3: Quiet and slow, Elliot. Quiet and slow. Okay. Bruin, I think I can stand up here. How come it hasn't... We'll talk about it when we're out of here. For now, we've got to move.
0: Uh, what if I could? Listen, there was someone else in there with me, and... What before he died? He suggested that it hunted by sound more than anything else. Well then, let's
3: shut the fuck up and get out of here. Can you walk yet? I can feel my legs a bit more, but there's no way I can walk, though. Alright. Here we go, then. Slow and steady. Let's fuck off. Fuck.
0: Shh. fuck. Do you know the way out? Yeah. Uh, about that. I'm
3: hoping the staff entrance isn't locked up.
0: Fuck! Roman, what happened?
3: Afterwards. Come on. Get those legs moving.
0: Yeah, okay. I think I can manage a shuffle.
3: There. I can feel a breeze. One sec. See it? At the end of the torchlight? Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Fuck. Run. I I can't. I can't. for God's sake. (coughs) (laughs) Come
0: on. ( suitcase) Fuck. Let's go. (laughs)
3: Find that car. I don't think it wants to come out here. I'd say it's the light, but it's getting dark. Perhaps it's still light enough for now. Let's not wait to find out, man. Move away, slowly, slowly.
0: One sec. I've just sat in my bag.
3: Oh, holy fuck. What? My my hand. Roman, my hand. My hand. My hand. My hand... Whoa, 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 okay, okay, oh okay, just, just breathe. No. Just sit down, sit down. Look at me, Look at me. You see that big old clock tower over there? Just beyond the car park? Don't you dare take your eyes off that. You look at the thing real hard, and you tell me if the hands are still moving, all right? And I don't want no second guesses... I want to know for certain, so it's going to take some time, all right?
0: Okay. Yeah. wait yeah.
3: Come on, bro. You can't figure it I, out yet. Listen, in through the nose, out through the mouth. Eyes on that tower. Okay. That's it. It's okay, it's okay. Just one more. There we go. There we go
0: it's not moving it's not moving it's not moving
3: (laughs) oh yeah I knew that you fucker hey it worked didn't it didn't hurt too bad right wait Ruman I
0: I didn't feel anything well what was all that complaining about then I I was expecting it to hurt I I thought it hurt But, but I mean seriously I can't feel anything shock maybe but it's completely non rooming. It was the whole time. Um uh, am I am I missing
3: Yeah, two. On the end.
0: How did you sort it out so quickly?
3: Elliot, they well they weren't mutilated. They weren't cut. They were just gone. Yeah, mate. Do you remember that bird? I... I do. Well... Yeah, I I get it. Holy shit, what am I supposed to... It's okay. Brother, it's okay. It seems like whatever that creature paralysed you with also helped the blood coagulating before you bled too much. Oh, please stop. Listen, I've cleaned it and covered it. We'll take another look when we make it to the bunker. Just try not to think about it. That's easier said than
0: done. right, let's do this.
2: I have a couple of theories on what happened here. Ones I've been thinking about overnight since I listened ahead. Either the creature that took Elliot was somehow able to sever his fingers in an alarmingly precise and particular way. And that same creature, or most likely another of the same kind, did it to the bird the brothers mentioned and... Of course, the person Claire saw. Or... Ugh, it's so far-fetched. I Or going off so many other things that happened. Elliot's fingers were somehow caught in some disturbance, molecular level. By which I mean the way the bird's wing was severed perfectly. The way a creature seemed to appear in Roman's garage, floor and grove from there not to mention the things we spoke of on the last broadcast regarding Claire's findings and Mia's report. There's something more going on here, something that I'm missing, something that I fear is beyond me. All of these severances are too perfect, like too clean. My only guess is that it's something so precise as to disturb the very particles that things are made up of. I'm curious to know more and explore more instances of this, and I'm I'm painfully aware that Finding again more means something else has to encounter another one of these occurrences. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. In this world of uncertainties, I'm suggesting things that shouldn't be possible. At least not to my knowledge. As always, we must endeavour to discover more, and for that, well, we need patience. Let's move on now to a journal entry by Elliot... I can't be sure of the exact time that Elliot wrote this, but its content relates to their most recent encounter.
0: Glad it wasn't my left hand. I would have been a lot more pissed if it was my left hand. That and I think I would have crumbled in the weight of all these thoughts whirling round in my head. To whoever is reading this, as though someone actually will, let me explain. I need this journal. And I don't mean like when someone says, I need my phone, or I need a new outfit. I mean, seriously, need this journal. For lack of a better way of putting it, it keeps me sane. Without it, I'd be a goner. Do you know what Phantom Pain is? Or a Phantom Lin? Damn it, I can't even remember what it's called anymore. Anyway, that thing. Phantom Something. I think I've got that. I say I think because I've never actually had it before and there's not a doctor here to tell me, yep, that's it. So whenever I'm doing something, anything, you know, just standard things, as far as standard goes anymore, I swear I can still feel my missing fingers. It's the last two on my right hand, so when I'm picking up my backpack, running my hand on a railing or grabbing a bottle of water, I can feel them grabbing touching. I expected the feeling to go away when I look down at my hand and be greeted by the bandaged mass that it's become, but it doesn't. I can still feel them. Is that the phantom limb? Phantom appendage? Is, Is my brain so determined to hold on to what it's known for 28 years that I can't even override the feeling by looking at it? By visually accepting it? At first, it just annoyed me, but now it's starting to freak me out a little. I think somewhere in the back of my mind, I'm just painfully aware that I have no idea where my fingers are. And the most likely thing is that they're, what, still in that nest? Den? Wherever the fuck that creature had me? A lot's happened since I lost those fingers on our trek away from the supermarket though Roman filled me in on what happened whilst I was paralysed I won't give you all the details but it's fair to say that he went to some pretty risky lengths to save me turns out he quickly figured out that the thing was hunting us by sound and all the noise that we were making and not by seeing us he said he caught sight of the thing at one point and thought he could blind it with the torchlight, given that it was pitch black in the shop as I'm sure you've already guessed it didn't work He didn't do a great job of describing what it looked like, though. I think he's pushed it so far to the back of his mind that whatever picture he does have of it now is seriously blurred. He said its skin was like grey oil. He was quite specific about that part, at least. And he made sure to mention that it had no eyes that he could make out, so that's why he couldn't blind it. Then finally, he described a viscous fluid that was dripping from... and he used this word specifically from its maw. said it didn't have teeth. There was something sharp, but not teeth. And that was it. That was all he could, would, remember. Anyway, after discovering this, and made his way to where our trolley was, loaded up as much of the food and water as he could and took it outside, knowing that if he could get me back, then he'd have to be as nimble and as quiet as possible. And a backpack full of camping gear and supplies wasn't going to be much help. Then, he headed back to the battery stand, grabbed a few packs of double and triple A's, and then over to the kid's toy aisle. And after quietly unpacking a couple of the toys, well, he let loose his master plan. And now I'm writing this down, I'm only just realising how ridiculous this sounds. He literally baited some oil skinned paralysing saliva creature with kids toys in a supermarket. I can't believe it. Of course it wouldn't have been a plan from Roman if something didn't go slightly wrong or in this case almost catastrophically wrong. Roman himself wasn't sure what happened but in the commotion of it all he said that he heard the creature crashing around by the entrance to the shop when Roman circled back around to release more of the noisy toys in his desperate search for me. Well, that's when he noticed the doors we'd squeezed in through had been bent out of shape by, he assumed, the creature. And he knew there'd be no way we'd make it back out through them. And, well, after that, that's when he found me. And, well, I think you know the rest. It's all in the recording, assuming you've got that as well. If you haven't, well, Roman and I got lucky and found a way out. Though he he did have to drag me most of the way. And somehow, somehow I didn't bleed to death from losing two fingers. I, I still don't know how that happened. I'm trying not to contemplate too much on what actually happened to them, or how on earth they were cut off so precisely. When we stopped for a break eventually, Roman changed the bandages and I willed myself to look. I expected mutilation, I expected gore. But it wasn't like that at all. I mean, don't get me wrong, it wasn't perfect, and I couldn't ignore the sickening feeling of missing fingers, but the actual wound itself was so clean, that it was just... I don't know. It didn't feel grotesque like I expected. And if you've been reading this for a while, well, that makes a change for me. I keep expecting to have a bit of a meltdown about it, less is sent me over the edge. But there's something real and visceral about this. It's almost like something I can focus on. To see and come to terms with. With it being real. Whilst the precision of the cut is slightly unrealistic, the wound itself isn't. I can see it. I can feel the absence of my fingers. Sometimes. And while it's a part of me. Or a lack of. It's not like the creature in the supermarket or the breathing mould in Roman's house and, well, whatever the hell was in the forest a couple of days ago. No matter how many times I think of these things or the more I encounter and the even more I hear them screeching or howling in the distance, I can't bring myself to believe that they are real. I'm absolutely incredulous at the thought of those things being a reality. It's ridiculous. Whereas my hand know, that I can see and I can believe. It's good. It's, um, it's good to focus on. It brings me back. Sometimes I try to flex my missing fingers. Sometimes I swear I feel them move. Sometimes
2: I'm sure you're feeling much the same as I am, survivors, that the events of the last week of Elliot and Roman's lives have begun to take their toll on Elliot, perhaps even Roman too. Seems as though it may take him some time to truly come to terms with the loss of his fingers, as well as the world he finds himself now a full part of. Before we end the broadcast for tonight, I wanted to share with you a short radio communication I received from Claire yesterday evening. Whilst I was dealing with something in the bunker at the time, my setup was able to record her
4: message. Come in, Bunker A12, over. Bunker A12, this is Claire, come in, over. Damn it, Ryan, I hope you're recording this one because I'm not waiting around on this message. Today has been. Well, it's been pretty awful, and yeah, I know, how could I expect to have a good day when wandering a wasteland, right? I'll give you the brief on what happened, but before I continue, as I'm sure you'll be worrying yourself, I'm safe, and I've set up camp somewhere that I believe is secure. I made some decent progress on the journey, too, despite some distractions. So, much like you, Ryan, I expected to encounter whatever the hell these nightmares are that are stalking the streets here. I can't say I'm prepared for them because, well, let's face it, how could anyone be, but they're almost completely unknown to us in most ways. Hell, I'm not even sure I could accurately describe what one looks like. However, what I encountered today, I can't say I expected. It was people. It was a group of people, actually. And I I know what you're thinking. Uh, Survivors, hallelujah. Except they're not. Not in the way you want them to be. And yeah, when I was staying with you, I warned you about some unsavory people who are still left in the world. These are worse. I saw them before they spotted me. They seem to be based out of a convoy of mobile homes and vans. I'll be honest, I was excited at first. Thought it'd be great to find safety with others and maybe hitch a ride to Ralford. But when they stopped and grabbed some people from the back of their van and... (sighs) I don't even want to explain the rest. I'm not going to go into detail. Not at the moment. But it looked like a sacrifice, Ryan. Like an old gods of ancient times sort of sacrifice. It was in front of this town hall-like building, and I I swear, I... (sighs) Fuck. I swear I heard something inside grumbling as they did it. Ryan, I think these people have started to worship some of these creatures. They were killing other humans, goddammit. When there's so few of us left, they just slaughtered like five people, and for what? I stayed and watched, despite my better judgment, and when one of them snuck up on me they must have seen me and I hadn't noticed one of them break away I'm not happy about what I did but the way that person looked the look in their eyes it wasn't human Ryan and they didn't see me as anything more than an animal I can assure you I've got a few bruises but not much more I think I only knocked them out but part of me part of me hopes it was more Remember earlier when I said I made good progress on the journey? I haven't run that long in a while. I'm hoping they weren't able to follow me. I've covered my tracks as best I could and I I heard their convoy in the distance. It seemed to be getting quieter. You know, Ryan, I think there's still part of me that remembers my past beyond what I already know. All these things I seem capable of, almost instinctively, I don't know how I know them, but I'm seriously glad I do. I don't want you to worry about me, Ryan, or try to get me to come back. I'll be fine out here. I can handle myself. I saw Ralphord in the distance earlier. It won't be long now, I'm sure. I, I just got to stick to traveling in the day and laying low at night. I'll get there, and I'll get the answers you, we're, looking for. I'm heading to sleep for the night now. Claire out.
2: Okay, I would be lying if I said I wasn't concerned about Claire given the nature of that message. I would be lying as well if she wasn't right in what she'd said about my reactions. It seems she knows me better than I thought. <laughs> However, the implications of what Claire shared with us are massive. I sincerely hope that there is some sort of misunderstanding, but... I don't want to call what she saw into question. Therefore, I'm inclined to believe it. The fact that there could be people out there who are willing to kill others for those things is it's beyond all reasoning and a harrowing suggestion. Survivors, I, I urge you, if you're out there and you know anything else regarding these sacrifices, get your message to us. And remember, if you can make it to any of the bunkers there is hope for you. Whatever situation you find yourself in, I must go now. Whilst I have already discussed what Claire found with the others in A12, there are other matters that we must come together to solve. Need I remind you, survivors, especially now, don't wander in the dark. Survivors, just one last message from me. If you'd like to support us here at Bunker A12, to help us keep sharing the stories of our shattered world with you, then please consider joining our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash wake of corrosion. There are plenty of extra insights available there, as well as Letters to Shadows, a monthly series of additional stories from other survivors like yourselves. Any contributions will be hugely beneficial to help keep us from wandering in the
0: dark. Before the credits, I'd like to give a shout out to our very generous Patreon subscribers at the A12 resident tier and above. Indykay, Laurel, Nath, Paul, Trace, AJ Pumpkin, Austin Danger, and Twiglets. Thank you all very much.
1: Thank you for listening. For news and updates, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Wake of Corrosion. Wake of Corrosion was written, directed, and produced by Sean Pellington, with voice acting from Kieran Walsh as Professor Ryan, Lee Pellington as Roman, Sean Pellington as Elliot, Brianne Leeson as Claire, title and credits read by Adele Cliff. Our introduction theme, Shadowlands 5, Antichamber, and outro theme, Phantasm, were created by Kevin McLeod, sourced from Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0. Both pieces have been reduced from their originals with fade-out, added voiceover, and radiostatic effects. Morse Code SFX, courtesy of Stephen C. Phillips of morsecode.world. All other sound effects are self-recorded from soundsnap.com or zapsplat.com. For our full list of credits, please visit the website in our show notes. Thank you again for listening.